Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. This week, we're wrapping up and closing out the you in five years. Really saying, who do you want to be? Looking at some things that are going to help us to be and do all that God has for us. Now, a while back, I was walking through a crowd of people, and I was trying to find Becca. And I'm walking through, and, and I see her. She's a ways away. She's standing by some people talking. Surprise, surprise. And, and as, as I'm coming up on her, I'm like, I should do something fun. And I'm like, I'm fun. She's fun. She'll, she'll like it if I'm fun. So as I'm walking up on her, I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm just going to walk up without her knowing who it is. I'm going to smack her butt. And like, she's going to turn around and not know who it is. It's going to be great. So I'm like walking up, and I'm, I'm sneaking up on her, and I'm doing that thing where like, you don't, you don't look at somebody, because if you stare at them, they know you're looking. I don't know if you knew that or not, but it's, I don't know, that's just how I think about it. So I'm like, you can't stare, you've got to just kind of like look. So I identify, I'm like, yep, it's her. I'm like, yep, there's the butt, yep, there's her, yep, this is good. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And then I just go to this wide view, like you don't look at her, but you see everything. And I'm kind of like walking around people, sneaking up on her, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And I get right up behind her, and the person that's talking to her kind of looks at me, and I'm like, don't do that. And I'm like, I get a little bit of a wind-up, because I don't want it to hurt, but I want it to be like a, oh, you know, like, what happened there? I get a little bit of wind-up, and right as I start to go like this, I'm like, something's not right. And I hear her talking, but her voice isn't in front of me, it's behind me. And I'm like, my face just gets like so hot. And all of a sudden, I realize I'm standing behind somebody in the about to smack a butt position, and Becca's over there. And I'm like, I just, just back up, just walk away, just walk away. I didn't say anything to this woman. I just turned around, I'm like, babe, I'm like, look, that looks like you. And she's like, oh, a little bit, yeah. I'm like, I just, I went up to, and I didn't, and and we ended up meeting the, the girl a little bit later, and she's like, yeah, a lot of people think I look like you. And she's like, I just say, hello, when they say, hi, Becca, I just answer for you. So. so I feel like a little bit better that I wasn't the only one that fell for it. Like, it was, it was legit. But mistaken identity can be kind of funny. Maybe embarrassing for me, that was like borderline, like, super embarrassing. But it, it can be funny in that context, but there's other contexts where it's not so funny. And here's where it's... It's not so funny. Here's what 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says. It says this, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, you, how many looked in the mirror today? Raise your hand if you looked in the mirror today. Some of you are like, I never did that. Okay, fine. We didn't think so. But anyways, you look in the mirror, you see you. Well, actually, spirit, soul, and body. When we look in the mirror, you don't see you. You see your body, but you are a spirit. You are a spirit. And if you think that this is it, it's not. In fact, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. Like, you, you're going to leave. You leave this, and then you're going to be present with the Lord. But we mistakenly get lost in this body. And 
Probably because it's a little bit like our spirit. I mean, you ever put on a glove? It's cold outside. We wear gloves right now. We're from Michigan. We know. You put on a glove. You put on a mitten, which is far warmer than gloves. Far warmer. They're so superior than gloves. I know that like when you get a glove, you've got fingers, but it's so much warmer. So much warmer. Anyways, that was free. Just take it. If you're about to buy some, get the mittens. Mittens are so much better. But you put your hand in a glove and you realize that your hand is inside that glove or inside that mitten, the superior mitten. But you take your hand back out and you realize, okay, it's empty. You are a spirit. And one day when your spirit leaves your body, your body is dead. You are a spirit. Don't get mistaken that you're not. And that's leading into where we are going with today's message. But it also helps explain this. See, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. I read that verse and I remember thinking, that's not true. That's just not true. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Because, I mean, when you gave your heart to Christ, if you were left-handed before, guess what? You're left-handed afterwards. If you were skinny before, chances are you're skinny afterwards. If you were bald before, you're bald afterwards. If you were an introvert before, before, before you're probably an introvert before afterwards, right? That isn't what changes. But what it is talking about is this. It's not talking about your physical body. It's talking about you because your spirit, you are new. Now, that body of yours, it wants the same things it wanted before you gave your heart to Christ. And that's one of the things that we did last month when we did a fast as a church. We said, we're not going to listen to our body. We're going it, to, it, it wants what it wants. It wants food. We know that. But instead of giving it what it wants, we're going to say, we're going to build up our spirit. And we're going to teach our spirit to be in control and not our bodies. Because the real you is a spirit, plain and simple. And Romans 8, 6 says this, the mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. It's life and peace. And that's what we're talking about is don't, we need to identify with our spirit. The Bible says it this way, that the things that we can see are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And if we identify with what we see, with what we look in the mirror, we're going to live and we're going to run after the things that are temporary and not the things that are eternal. You know, as we've been going through this series, the You in Five Years, we've been really just in, in this part, really looking at Hebrews chapter 6. And as we're closing it out this week, this is what it says. It says, therefore, let us not leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation. And we said, if we don't have this right, this is the foundation. If we don't have this right, we're going to get other things wrong later. We've got to get this right so we can move on. It says, laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death faith, instructions about baptisms, laying out of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Resurrection of the dead, you are going to die. I'm sorry if that's news to you. Someday, you're going to die. You're like, oh, that's not positive. I know, but here, I'm positive that someday you're going to die. Okay, someday your body is going to wear out. It does. Your body wears out. And that's when the real you is going to leave. So when we talk about eternal life, you are, you are an eternal being. You are a spirit that's going to exist forever. It's going to exist. And then the other part is this, eternal judgment. 
Now, when I say eternal judgment, most of us, for some reason, we think here in the States, when we hear judgment, we think the way that this word is used, more often than not, we think I'm in trouble, right? I mean, do you remember growing up, like your mom says your name, but she says it that one way, and you're like, oh, I'm in trouble. Like, I I know right away, like, I am in trouble. It's just the way that they said it. You know what's coming. Uh Uh-oh. My mom had one of those for sure. For sure, for sure. My dad, you just never knew. He had that same voice thing, and you were like, what is it? Are we going to go fishing? Does he have Doritos? Or am I about to get it? Like, I don't know. Did he discover that I shot the van by accident with my bow and arrow? Like, it was an accident. The arrow hit the ground and went up. Like, really, it bounced off. It was a little kid's anyways. But you just didn't know, like, what it was. You did not know. Well, judgment, when it's talking here, judgment can be good and bad. Maybe you've heard of somebody... um, and, and we read about lawsuits all the time, and they're in the news, and you say, you know what? The judgment came down in their favor. When it's talking about eternal judgment here, please don't think that it's just talking about hell. There is a heaven. There is a hell, most definitely. You are a spirit. You're going to live forever. But there is more of a choice than smoking or not. There really is. There's more of a choice than just heaven or hell. An eternal judgment is kind of what we're talking about right now. But we have to have some context for it. When we understand it, it really changes the way that we, that we act, the way that we, we respond. A while ago, Beck and I got away, and, and we went up north. My parents had a cabin that they weren't using, so we went up there. We said, are you going to be there? They said, no. We said, okay, then we want to go. So we went up there, and we were just going to have some fun and go to some shops, some little towns and stuff. And it was in the winter. I think it was February. I think it was just a few years ago in February. And just, just getting away, and I think my mom had the kids. So we get up there and, and start the fireplace, and it's just nice. And they didn't have an espresso machine up there, which is really like lattes. That's my thing. I love them. That, that's good. But we had tea. So we're like, all right, let's make tea. So we're drinking tea and sitting around the fire. And we're like, you know what? Why don't we go to one of the little towns around here? So I think it was like Petoskey or something. Like, let's go to Petoskey. We're like, yeah, let's do it. We take our tea and we jump in the car and boom, we zip off to Petoskey. And we're we're getting closer to Petoskey. And I'm like, sitting in my seat. I'm like, I need to use the restroom. Like, okay. Um, So we get to Petoskey, and we get to one of these little shops, and I'm like, I'm going to run into this shop. So you just park because you just want to park, right? You're like, we're parking here. This is good. And the good thing is, is it was this time of year, so there wasn't a lot of cars and a lot of people. Well, the bad thing was, is not a lot of people means not all the shops are open. So we're trying to find a shop that's open. We finally find one, and I go in. I'm like, do you have a restroom? And they're like, not a public restroom. And I look at them, and I go, you want me to go right here? Like, <laughs> restroom. <laughs> restroom, please. And the, this lady's like, no. And I'm like, so we, we go, we find one, and we do some shopping. And then a little bit later, I'm like, I need the restroom. And so we go, and I find one again. I'm like, what is going on? And we're like, let's get some food. And so we go to this restaurant, and we sit down, and I pretty much leave Becca at the table because I'm in the restroom again. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, this is nuts. And so we do, we, we, we get to the meal and we eat, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, and then she has to use the restroom, and we're using the restroom, and she's there, and, and not at the same time, I don't know what you're thinking, but anyways, so she's in her, and if it was, she was in a separate restroom, so she's in her restroom, and I'm in, it just was not pretty, and so we're like, we are out of here, Petoskey, goodbye, 
And so we leave and make whatever stops we need to on the way home, and we get back to the cabin, and we're both just like, I don't know what's going on, but I am just like not good. And she's like, well, why don't I just make us some tea? I'm like, that's a good idea. And so she goes over, and she goes to make some tea, and she goes, um, I think I know what happened. And I go, what? And she hauls out this little pack, and it says, relax, smooth, laxative, tea. We've been having tea, laxative tea, like all morning. We're just sitting there like, what's wrong? I don't know, but I need some more tea. And then we get home, and we go back to the tea, and we're like, this, it just messed us up. But here's the thing. Once we knew what it was, it's like, okay, we know how to get over this. First of all, no more tea. Like, no more. And we're moving that from all the tea to a different spot, like a high shelf. Like, what's it doing with the sleepy time and the raspberry and all the good stuff? And it wasn't smooth move anything, just in case you were wondering. Just, it wasn't good. <laughs> but we, we figured out what to do. We figured out, okay, this is what we want to do. We have some context here. And what I want to do this morning is help you to see and to figure out, have some context to where you are going to go because you're going to live forever. You are a spirit. You absolutely 100% are. And judgment is not just heaven and hell. Let me tell you this. Hell is not going to be the same for everybody. And heaven is not going to be the same for everybody. Heaven and hell, Heaven is not a socialist utopia where you just get in and it's all the exact same and everything is the same for everybody. Many of us think that, and I don't know why, but it's just kind of like there, that the big deal is like you want to make it, like get to heaven because it's good. But it's not going to be the same for everybody. It's not going to be the same. I want to give you some context for some of this. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says this. Again, we're talking about judgment, as it says in Hebrews, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one of us may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body. Because again, you're a spirit, so while you're in the body, and then it says this, whether good or bad. Whether good or bad. It's not just talking about bad. There is a reward when we get to heaven. 1 Corinthians, let's just read one other place here. 1 Corinthians Chapter 3, verse 11. Uh, we'll just go to verse 12. If anyone builds on a foundation using gold, silver, or costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, and it's talking about the way that we live our lives. It says, his work will be shown for what it is because the day, and, and the day is literally talking about this judgment day that we've been reading, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. It literally talks about what it's saying right here is there are people who are going to get to heaven and say, look, God, this is what I accomplished with my life. 
And the speech, the picture that's being painted here is that, that those accomplishments, that thing, that stuff that we've done with our life, that we're going to hand it over to God, that it's going to be put into a furnace to be refined, to be, to be shown for the impurities, to be ripped out of it, to show what's really of value that's there. And that some people will give to God what their lives, their lives work. They'll give it to God. He'll put it in the furnace. And after the refining fire hits it, nothing is left. It's empty. And it says here, they will enter heaven. And it's not that they don't get to heaven, but they're missing out. And here's what it is, that they've missed the opportunities that they've had right now, while we're in the bodies, while we're here, to make a difference, to realize. And that's what I hope that this is. I hope that this is just a a reminder that there's more to being a Christian than just, do I get to go to heaven? Like, that's like, great, yes, do it. But there's more to it than that. I hope this is a little bit of an eye-opener this morning, and not a Debbie Downer like, oh no, but something like, okay, I got to remember, I want to keep this in front of me. Like, you ever, you ever just be driving down the expressway, and suddenly you see a cop, and you're like, <gasps> you just get that little, like, your heart skips a beat, and you're like, oh no. And you look down, and you're like, oh, I'm not speeding, we're good. But you still get that, does anybody else get that? Am I the only one? Or they come up behind you, and you're like, what am I, am I, what? No, I'm good, what are you doing? About? Oh, and then they go past, you're like, good. But you get that little like, oh no. Well, the thing I think is a little better than that is a little radar detector. You can get these things where you put them in your car and you're just cruising along and all of a sudden it beeps and you're like, oh, it's an opportune time to remember, am I speeding or not? Now, if you're using it to try to speed, that's a little bit different. But if you're using it like, oh, it's, it's warning me that I'm about to get a checkup. Like, oh, that's what this is. Okay. Well, understand what I hope you realize that today is this is that we are going to get to go to heaven. Heaven is going to be good, but we can make a difference. The Bible says this, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And what that means is this, is if you can store something up in heaven, that means it's going to be there. So store it up for you in heaven. But if you don't store it up, it's not going to be there. Heaven is not going to be the same for everybody. Often when, the, when it talks about God, And he says, I come, I'm coming. The Bible says, he says, he's going to return and he's going to bring his reward with him. When the Bible talks about rewards, more often than not, I think it's talking about what's going to happen in heaven than just now. And there's rewards that we get now. When we live godly, we see it. We definitely do. We get to walk in the peace that he has. When we do finances God's way, we watch and we're like, wait a second, look, it's, it's working so much better. Our marriage is God's way. We're like, wow, this can be good. It, it makes a huge difference now. But there's so much of that that we'll never know until we get to heaven, that we're never going to see until we get to heaven. So much of this, it's making such a difference. So that's what I hope that this is, is that this helps you to open your eyes to see, I can make a difference. And not just now, and even more than just in the lives of the people that we're touching, but we're changing eternity for us as well. What I would most definitely hope is that you get to heaven, and we're standing in that judgment seat, and we come before Christ, and you say, okay, God, here is the work. Here's my life. Here's what I accomplished. And you give it to him, and he puts it in that refining fire, and then out comes just this huge mass that you could not have believed. It seems to be more than what you put in, and God's like, look what has happened because of what you've done, because of the seeds that you've sown, because of the way that you treated your neighbor. The Bible, Jesus said, he said, if you give even a glass of water 
to a little kid in my name, a glass of water, he says, it will not go unnoticed or unrewarded. God knows. He is watching what we're doing, and it is going to make a difference. But I think what's going to happen, what I want to see is to you to look and think, how could my life have made that big of an impact? How could that have been? And God's going, well, I'll tell you why, because you were a part of this church over here, and look what they did. Every single one of you have sown financially into this church and have been praying for this church and have been a part of this. We are a part of this radiant church in Mexico. Every one of us. You might not have physically gone. You may go down. Go down and see Edgar and the Gomez. That'd be great. If you never go, you still have a part in everything that that church does. There are lives that are going to be changed as a result of what you have done, as a result of your prayers. And some of you are like, I don't know about that. I can tell. I can tell. So let me read this to you. Matthew 10, 40 says this. He who receives you, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, he who receives you, receives me. And he who receives me, receives the one who sent me, his father. Verse 41, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of the righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of water in the name of my disciple, surely I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. He says, if you receive a prophet, you receive that prophet's reward. You are a part of what it is that they are doing. You are a part. When you partner with your prayers, when you reach out, we will, there's no way we're going to know until we get to heaven to see the impact, the ripple that the things that we do now has in our world. The one life that you changed. How many of you have um, the YouVersion Bible app on your phone? Raise your hand. YouVersion Bible app. All right. That's a lot of you. Everybody who didn't, you're missing out. Here's what it is. It's a free Bible app with tons of different translations and one of my favorite parts, it will read the Bible to you. So you're in the car and you're like, I want to read Proverbs 1. I want to read Proverbs 17. I want to read Psalm. It will read it to you while you're driving. It is great. Well, the backstory on that app is a church in Oklahoma produced that app. And the reason why they produced that app is the pastor of that church, a guy named Craig Rochelle, said, people need to hear the word. And when he made that app, that app is free, by the way. The church made the app. A young kid in, the, in their church is like, I want to do this. And they're like, sure, why don't you? And they made it, and people started downloading it. And they came to him and they said, you, sh you should charge for that. And the pastor said this. He said, when I was in college, he said, I didn't have a Bible. And somebody walked up to me and gave me a Bible. When I needed one, somebody gave one to me. And he goes, and so we're going to give away these Bibles. Now, that person on that college campus that just walked up to this college student and said, I have a Bible for you, and then walked away, do you think they ever could have seen that because of the generosity, because, of, because they listened, because they were willing to give, the ripple that that would have, the impact that it had on this guy's life, that one day he's leading a church that happens to build an app at the same time, you know, and have this, and Apple's coming out with stuff, and people are like, oh, it's great, and they get the opportunity to charge, and he says, not a chance. It was, God's word was given to me, and so we're going to give it away. And now I think it's been downloaded somewhere around 
a billion times or something, it's some ridiculously high number like that, that they have given away Bibles. Do you think that person knew? I wonder if they know now. I don't even know. I, I doubt they even know now. Oh, was that the person that I gave the Bible to? Maybe they give Bibles all the time. I have no idea. I got a great Bible story, though. So years ago, I graduate college, and my roommate and I, Brian and I, are coming back from Oklahoma. We're moving back. And Brian, we're driving back. He's got his car. I've got mine. And Brian's like, hey, can I borrow some gas money to get back? I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's, it's through my card. I don't have the money in my bank. So it's because I'm switching bank accounts. So it's already up in Michigan. Anyways, I'm like, I got to use my credit card. And he's like, all right. So he's like, we'll just drive back together. So we leave Oklahoma driving back to Michigan. Well, somehow we get, we get, we get, we split. And I think I'm ahead of him, and he thinks he's ahead of me. And we get, we get separated south of Missouri. And all the way back to Michigan, I'm looking for him, and I don't see him. And I get back to Michigan, and I still haven't heard from him. Neither of us have cell phones or any of that stuff. And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, how is this guy going to get back? I'm like, I have no clue how he's going to get back here. So the next day... I show up at church, and there's Brian. I'm like, Brian, what happened? And he's like, dude. He goes, you would not believe it. And I go, what? And he goes, I ran out of gas in Chicago. I'm like, I believe it. Like, what, what in the world? He goes, well, I get to this gas station. He goes, I pull off, and it's like, he's like, it's this really bright exit. I thought this would be a great place to get off. He goes, it wasn't. It was definitely not a good place to get off. He's like, I get off. And he goes, I'm at the gas station and I have no money. I'm like, what did you do? And he's like, well, I still had all of the books and all the Bibles from school. So I took a couple Bibles out and I sold some Bibles to the people at the gas station. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. And I got enough money to get gas to get back here. And I'm like, that is awesome. He run out of gas, like Bibles for sale. And he's selling them at gas stations in this bad neighborhood. And people bought them. I love it. And he got enough money to get him all the way from Chicago back to Grand Rapids. Bibles are a riot. So who knows the impact that that have? Who knows the impact that this young guy or whoever it was, I don't even know the details, that gave the Bible to this college student who ended up leading a church, who ended up having the opportunity to say, no, we're not going to sell and we're going to give this away. And many of us in here have been touched by that right now. There's so much of that that we don't know. But here's what I do want. Let's be thinking about it. Let's remember, this isn't the end of it. Yes, our bodies are going to wear out the older we get. Like, like my kids right now, Bo went sledding. He went sledding down the hill and just went right into a tree. And with my kids, it's their face, okay? Just like always. We've had, we've had bricks. One of, a cousin threw a brick down the stairs and it hit Jono in the nose when he was like two, and if I told all the stories, CPS would probably, no, not really, but signs, it's just their faces. Well, Bo goes down the hill, and he goes right into a tree, and, and the pine trees, and he gets this huge scrape down the side of his face, and it's crazy how fast it heals. He's just got this scrape, and it's just, it's just a week later, it's just this little pink line. It's so fast so fast. And then there's me. I'm not even 40, but three weeks ago when putting the stage together, Seth and I are helping and we got to like piece it all together. And I'm like, go ahead and push it in. And dunk, I pinch my skin, just a little pinch. And then a little bit later on that same week, I'm like, Did it again? and I don't know how, but my hand's in it again. And I pinch it right here. 
I still have the brown pinch mark four weeks later. My, my three-year-old gouges his face, gets this big scratch, not a gouge, this big scratch down the side of his face in a week, and you can hardly see it. I just pinch my little hands in this little stage, and I still have the marks. Because our bodies, we get old. It's just what happens. They wear down. But you are going to live forever. And you can make a difference, not just in your eternity, but the people around you. We may never know the impact that we're going to have, but never fear doing small things for God. So often we look for the big giant thing that's going to do something, but what we, oh, what we look over and miss is the small thing that can mean just the world to somebody else, or that the ripple, we would, couldn't even imagine the impact that that ripple would have. But let's I hope that this encourages you, that you put some context in this and say, okay, I can do more. I can do something more than I've been doing. Years ago, one of, uh, a high school student came up to me, and he was telling me a story. He's like, hey, um, he's like, I was at practice the other day, he said, and our coach, his name was Colin, he said, our coach told us to do, I read a lineup, and to do their absolute fastest suicides. It's kind of where you run down a gym, you touch one line, come back, and then you got to go run to the next line and come back, and you end up like doing the entire back and forth of this gym, depending on the number of lines in it, like 30 times, just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So he's like, I just, everybody did their exact fastest. He said, everybody give me your best. He said, and I beat the entire team. He said, I beat the entire team. He said, and then my coach walked up to me and said, Colin, come over here. So Colin came there, and he said, reached in his wallet and pulled out 20 bucks and said, Colin, you just did that, and I don't remember the time, let's just say five minutes. He goes, you just did that in five minutes. He goes, if you beat that five minutes, I'll give you 20 bucks. How many of you think Colin got the 20 bucks? How many of you think Colin did not get the 20 bucks? How many of you think this is a trick question? Like, really, nobody? I mean, 10 people say yes, and the rest are like, we're not answering. We're not answering. There's something wrong with this question. There's nothing wrong with the question. He got the 20 bucks. His motivation changed. His motivation changed. And this morning, I hope that this time that we've had together helps to change your motivation, to maybe reframe the way you look at what you do and the impact that you can have, and even some of the small ripples, that when you look in the mirror this morning, those of you that do, I know some of you just don't, but those of you that do, that you look in the mirror in the morning and say, okay, this is my body, this is where I am, but I am a spirit. I am going to live forever, and I want to look at the spiritual. I want to have an impact. I'm going to have an impact because each and every one of us, we, you are an eternal being, and we can make a difference, such a difference in this world around us, so much of a difference. Jim Elliott was a missionary, and he went out to an unreached people group and ended up giving his life. Uh, they landed a plane, and, and it, nobody had been there before, and the people that they were trying to reach actually killed them. And later, his family was going through some of his, his stuff, and they came across in his diary this. He said, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And the crazy thing is that Jim Elliott's kids, I think it was his daughter, that ended up being the one, the first one to lead anybody to Christ in this 
village. The same village that together killed her father. But I love that mindset. I love that quote so much. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. The Bible says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where thieves do not break in and steal, where rust and moth do not destroy. Where is it you're building up? And here's what this is not. This is not a you cannot own anything, you can't have anything nice here now. No, this is a leverage what you have. Use what you have to make an eternal impact. And what will your story be? What will your story be? Will your story be someday I gave this Bible, or I did this here, I said this word of encouragement, I encouraged somebody, I stopped and prayed for somebody. It can be so simple and so small. I was talking with somebody a couple weeks ago, and they said they were at this bus stop. They went to a bus stop. They said, we just felt we were supposed to go there and pray for somebody. And they said, we watched a gentleman come off of the bus, and he had a cane. And we went up to him, and we said, hey, we started to talk to him and said, um, can we pray for you? And the guy's like, what? And was really just put off, just really put off. He said, but as we kept talking with him and telling him a little bit of our story, he said, you know, he said, in about the last two weeks, you're the second person that's come up to me and asked to pray for me. And we might, I think often, and maybe it's just me, what makes me hesitant to do things like that is I think I'm going to make God look bad. But here's what happened. Instead, another person reaches out to this guy and says, can I pray for you? God keeps sending people across his path to tell him how much he loves him and that, hey, I want to pray for you. It can be something small. It can be something big. But I just hope that you would be sensitive to the Spirit, to God's guiding, that you would frame your life a little different and you would look and you would say, God, what can I do? I want to have an impact. I want to see ripples go out. God, what can I do to impact eternity for those that are around me? Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.